Yo, what is up guys? It's your friend, the Lazy Life Guy. It's so good to see you again, my friend. Thank you for joining me. Today, let's talk about the death penalty. As you know, the death penalty has been a very contentious issue around the world. Basically, capital punishment or death penalty occurs when a crime is so serious that the state decides that, you know, enough is enough. We're not going to jail you, we're not going to fine you. Instead, you get sent to the gallows for death. This can be done either by hanging or by lethal injection. Now, death penalty is probably the worst punishment that you can deal because if we assume that life is sacred, and life is sacred, then taking away the sanctity of life by death, nothing could be worse than that, right? Because if you jail someone, at least the person can come out of jail after a definite time. If you find someone money, that person can make back that money. Sure, it would be a lot harder with employment issues and stigmatism of having a fine, perhaps, or maybe jail, but it doesn't theoretically exclude the possibility that a person will be able to recover. But it's no recovery for death, at least not as of now. When you die, it is permanent, forever, everlasting. And therefore, death penalties could be said as the worst punishment that exists out there. Or is it? Could death penalty be actually the best kind of punishment? I mean, I premised my argument on the fact that life was sacred. But what if life was not sacred? What if we are just, as Rick and Morty said, a bunch of chemicals and molecules just floating around in the universe? Then, perhaps if life is so painful and so agonizing, then maybe death penalty could even be an excuse to commit suicide, right? There will be no more agony, no more pain, no more suffering of this life. So arguably, it could be the best penalty. Because if someone was compelled to commit such a crime of such a nature that warrants a death penalty, perhaps that person was already going through such a difficult time that, you know, death might actually be a relatively good option now. Of course, that's a counter-argument. I don't believe that. I think that it could be slightly disproportionate in some situations because it assumes that the crime is so serious that death is warranted. But it's kind of disproportionate as well, right? Don't you think? Because oftentimes, the death penalty applies whenever someone commits the crime of murder, for example. So if you murder someone, the argument goes that you should be deprived of your life because you have deprived someone else of their life, right? So in that sense, it is proportionate. But then again, not really, right? I mean, suppose if a guy rapes someone else, the punishment for that guy is not rape, right? We don't rape the guy in exchange. Or suppose, let's say, if a guy had maybe, say, burned down a particular building, the punishment is not burning down his building or his house, right? So why is it that in the case of murder, then it is proportionate to take away someone's life in exchange for depriving of someone else's life? Right? And another thing that really bugs me about death penalties is that it assumes that, implicitly of course, a person is so hardened, a criminal is so bad that that person just needs to be killed. The person is such a danger to society that, you know, we, we can't afford to have this person around anymore. 
it also assumes that that person cannot change for the better, right? Because the crime is so serious that that person is incapable of any second chance for change. But what if change occurs? What if that person is truly repentant and truly remorseful? What if the criminal had indeed tried to make compensations, tried to make things right again? Then in that sense, maybe it would be unfair to deprive that person of that life that is so sacred just for one mistake or one slip up, right? I mean, you have always heard the three strikes you're out, right? So why is it one strike in, say, murder and you're out? Right? Shouldn't we at least give the person a second chance? Or the counter-argument could be made that a person is actually incapable of change. I mean, of course, the previous argument was predicated on the fact that it is possible to change, but what if change was not possible? Can we actually change for the better? Because if our DNA manifests itself in our actions, then perhaps it could be partially nature as opposed to nurture. And if it is nature that is the one that is causing all these bad behaviours, can we really change that? Should we expect the person to change if it's against their DNA to do so? Of course, advances in medical science may perhaps resolve this nature versus nurture debate for once and for all. But as of now, it seems to be uncertain, right? And therefore, proponents of the death penalty would argue that since this person has committed such a heinous crime, it could suggest that that person's DNA was so corrupted that death is the only option that's available to that person. Perhaps, perhaps. And unless we can actually cut out the person's DNA, perhaps using CRISPR or some other kind of technology, I don't think that would be possible to expect change. So death, simplest option for the person, the criminal, the victim, and for society at large. Perhaps in future, if suspended animation becomes possible and advances in cryogenics actually make it possible to maybe say free someone, maybe we could consider that instead. But until then, the debate on the death penalty rages on. And those are my thoughts. Thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate your company and I'm really happy that you can join me today. I'm afraid I must make a move now. I'll catch you later, my friend.